Welcome to today's podcast, everybody. We have Emily Kaler here from Ridgewater College. She is a chemistry instructor, and we are so glad to have you. Who are we? We are part of Ridgewater College also. I'm Wade McDonald, and this is... Mary Groose. Mary Groose, and... <laughs> we are... Doing a podcast? Let's just leave it at that instead of actually trying to say the name of it. <laughs> no, it's not pirate-themed at all. It's... All right. Repeat, relearn, rethink. You totally got that wrong. It's rethink, relearn, repeat. You can't repeat. You can't even get it right. Okay, fine. It's R cubed. How's that? No pirate thing going on here. Okay, Emily, we had the awesome opportunity. What are you doing? What are you looking at? The wind is so loud. Yes. So if if by chance you lose us, it's because we've been blown away today. So, Emily, you are a new faculty. Yeah. We had the awesome opportunity to talk to you a little bit when we were talking about small teaching, right? Yes. Yes, we met yeah. at the three brewery. BC, the brewery. 2BC? 3BC? Yeah. What's the name of that brewery? Uh, 3BC. Uh, Bob and Bobbers. Bob and Bobbers Brewery. Bobby and Bobbers Brewery. Right. Yes. Okay. So, but you are not just like a new teacher. No, I've been teaching. That's my 12th year right. of teaching. Yeah. So, where were you teaching prior to coming to Ridgewater? Uh, right before Ridgewater, I was at Glencoe Silver Lake teaching high school. And then before that, I taught for five years in South Dakota teaching high school. Why? <laughs> like, like, first of all, why are you teaching in South Dakota? No, that's not the question. No, that's that was, not the question. That's a really good question. Yeah, that's a really good question. No, I, I, the path to teaching was different for me. I wasn't, I wasn't like a kid who grew up saying I'm going to be a teacher. I was actually the opposite. I said, I will do anything but be a teacher because, you know, high school kids are, did you come from a family of educators at all? No, no, okay. no. I came from a farming family. So I grew up on a farm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so um, did I. <laughs> Old McDonald had a farm, so that's how, that's how I no, found my way Oh, Wade, Wade, Wade. <laughs> <laughs> that was a stretch, wasn't that it? That was a big stretch. But when I was in college, I, I was pre-med and then decided that was not the path for me. And through a bunch of different crazy things, I ended up in teaching and thought, oh, I'll just teach for a little bit. And, and, you know, then I'll do That's something how it else. Gets you. And yeah, it like traps you. Cause then you like, all of a sudden you're in your fifth year of teaching and going, Oh, okay. I guess this is what I do now. It, but it was like, I didn't want to do anything else. You know, I didn't have any other desire to like go and find a different path in life. It was like, this is what I do. But you kind of so. had a little bit of a different desire because we talked about this when we were at the, at the brewery, you said you always wanted to be, at least when you started teaching, you wanted to be in the college atmosphere. You wanted to be a college chemistry professor. Right. And now you're here and you seem so happy about where you're at. I see you in class teaching and you've got a smile on your face and you bring this positive energy. Do you feel like you've, you've made it? Is this where you want to be? And how's it going for you as far as the first year? Well, okay. You do this every single podcast back I, up. I want to know the end of the story. <laughs> right. No, yes, but we need to know the beginning and the middle. Like we got to get to the middle. Like wh at what point did you, so, so yes, we knew, you know, you knew you always wanted to be, once you were a teacher, you were like, I want to be in the college classroom, right? I'm setting, I'm setting Mary up. Right. So meatball pitch right there. <laughs> so you knew that, but like, how did you, how did you see yourself getting there? And what is the, so yeah, in a nutshell, like how'd you get here? But then also what's that transition been like for you? And, and, and how do you see it going? 
So there's a lot yeah. of stuff there to unpack. Yeah, it's okay. I'm good at talking. Um, good. Oh, so are we. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We're so, human, you know. We're good at I, talking. <laughs> <laughs> so at the high school level, I had decided um, I wanted to try and get my 18 graduate level credit so I could teach a college in the schools class. Oh, okay. Um, like through Southwest or Ridgewater, yeah, one of them, Yeah, through right? another, you know, through a college, teaching in the high school, teaching a college level class, just because our high school needed that. You know, we needed some more opportunities for students at that higher level. So I kind of started on that pathway. There was a program from U of M or Minnesota State Moorhead oh. um, where teachers, high school teachers could take content level graduate classes for free. And so I was like, well, why not? You know? And so that kind of started me on this pathway of like, That's oh, a no-brainer. I'll take some graduate level <laughs> chemistry classes. And then, oh, if I take those, then I can maybe move into getting a master's. And oh, if I get a master's, then I can teach these upper levels and just kind of all fell together that I finished that last summer. And then oh, there was perfect. a posting at Ridgewater and I thought, why not? You know, why, why not try? I thought for sure that they were just going to like throw my application out the window. Cause I was like, I hadn't had any college experience. I was a high school teacher and they're probably like, Oh, but the foundation work of being a high school teacher and what you have to live with in those classrooms. Like, I mean, in terms of class sizes and all that sort of yep. stuff, like it's a different world. It's, it's a totally different world. It is a totally but different world. the experience world. that you had, I mean, you didn't have college, uh, experience teaching college, but think of as a body, our college instructors, how many of them have backgrounds in education, let alone experience in education? Not, lots of us don't. So I mean, making I that did, transition from high school to college. Did you have any classroom I, experience? I didn't. Right. I didn't. Was it, it terrifying? It, it was terrifying, <laughs> but I'm human. Stop. You don't get that to pull work. it off at all. Uh, did, no, right. it, it was terrifying. But you come in sort of like, I mean, I don't mean, you don't have like an arsenal, but you have an arsenal. Right. Like you're coming in, you're like, I got millions of tools. Well, and like the funny thing about it is I was like, oh yeah, I've been spending, you know, these last 11 years, I've been building these curriculum. I've written my own curriculum and like not even used textbooks for a lot of years because it was like, and the textbook, you know, doesn't really do a great job. I know how to do this and I'm going to take this and... Then when I came here, I was like, no, I can't use any of that. Yeah, I was kind of like disappointed because I was like, well, that that was all for high school. And now all of that work I've done, like I built all of these things. I'm never going to be able to use them again. And kind of had this moment of like, I have nothing. I, I have nothing to begin with. I'm lost. Now I'm teaching this it's college level. It's a blank level. slate and I'm yes. going to die and on I this hill. I was like terrified. <laughs> I was like, it's like being a first year teacher again. I don't know what I'm doing. So like the first two or three weeks I was living in that world of like, I have to teach a college class. This is a college class. And I thought I had to change it's gotta everything. It's got to be different. It's got to, yes. it can't be the same it as high school. can't be like I taught high school because this is college. I have to do it different. And after like two or three weeks, I realized like, no, uh, that, that is totally wrong. Well, I can't Some of the like content this. is going to be different, but the strategies can be the same. Oftentimes exactly. we see it all the right. way from elementary school to, all yeah, the way through graduate school. I don't want people to listen to this and be school. like, oh, they're right. Community college is year 13 and 14. No, but it, 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 you have all the tools, right? right? You have this entire, like, I, I think about you go into like those really nice, like machine shops and they wheel in like the giant toolbox, right? So we come in, you come in with no tools. Right. You come in with like, hi, I'm going to buy a toolbox. I come in as a content expert. Yes. Right. No, I, I know my content, in, but I have no idea how, how, what's effective to teach. And what you do what you do really well. And you know, you do what you do really well, but you don't know sometimes how you get there. 
you got to, oh, sorry, that's the pounding on the table. Sorry, people. <laughs> yeah. But that's, but it's the same thing. And I came in from the, from, from graduate school and teaching it before your college a little bit and teaching as a part-timer here and having some tools, you know, but you have content expertise and you have years of tools. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was funny because I started to think like, well, I, I can, I can still do that. Oh, I can use that. Oh, I can use that. And then once I started to use those things and I went back to a lot of what I had done before, it was like an epiphany. I was like, well, I can do this and this is way better. And they're learning more and I know what they're learning and I know them where at the beginning it was just very, I felt like I had to be that college teacher, you know? And that's my question (laughs) for you guys both is, do you think that college gets a bad rap for no fun um, it has to be lecture based. It has to be textbook based. And that's kind of what we all go into this is, okay, we got to, I can't use those same tools that I use in high school. Cause high school, I was allowed to, I was allowed to play games. I was allowed to use a projector and, and put stuff. It was, it was okay to be animated. Um, but now it's, it's almost like we, do we switch, flip a switch and we're, we're austere, right? Yeah. We're, we're like professional. Right. Yeah. But that almost sounds boring and that's totally not effective. I don't think that if I were at a four year, I would teach any differently than I teach right now. You know what I mean? Like I am an expert in my content area. I might spell things wrong once in a while. If my brother's (laughs) listening to this, because he's been (laughs) nailing me lately with with my spelling errors. Um, But I am a content expert. I have post, you know, I have post baccalaureate degrees, all of that good stuff. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to stand in front of the classroom and be the sage on the stage, right? We think of it as that sage on we the do. stagey sort of thing. But probably because a lot of us had that experience, well, me, 20 years ago in college, that's kind of how it was. And that's being- I was that's, lectured too. Yes. and be, But I think what, Emily, what you're talking about is really being student ready and seeing where your students are. It's college content, but you're meeting them where they are and bringing them along and finding a way to interact and really get them involved. And it and it's not just I'm telling you this figure it out. You know, like I kind of felt like that's what I I experienced in college. It was like you come in, they tell you a bunch of stuff and then you go home and you figure it out. And that's perfect for students who are college ready. Right. Well, and even some students who are extremely successful in high school go to college and that they're not ready for that. You know, they're just not ready because that's not what they've lived with. They've lived with, I teach you and then you practice and I'm here with you while you're practicing and I'm <gasps> helping you while you're practicing. And this goes all the way back to the practice, practice from, look at me, I want to bang on the table. Uh, yeah, no, James Lang, right? Yeah. Right? They but, have to well, practice. Modeling and practice and, um, yeah, really just following through with the students and not letting right. them just hang out there with the information. But we all know that it, sometimes that does work for students, right? Yeah. I, I, I've had students tell me, I can't stand it when we do work in the classroom. All I want you to do is give me the assignment and let me go home and work on it, right? So it really is a variety of students that we're dealing with, but we know the majority of the students, they... Um, Handholding is not the is not the right word, and I know some people are going to think of it like that. But really, we're assisting, we're helping, we are we're modeling, we're practicing with them, we're reviewing, we're giving feedback. It's a process of learning. So handholding is not the right answer. Or but not teaching the right word, is but. all of those different things, and so many of us do come to this with content expertise, but not a lot of the teaching background. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's so hard. Well, and like like you were saying, it's not about me telling you how to do the whole process, but it's about me being there 
assessing, do you know what you're doing, that formative assessment as we learn. So it's not what have I learned, but how am I learning? Mm -hmm. The learning, not the learned. And so the process, the process, studying that process. And as the instructor being present in that moment, because yeah, you can go home and do my homework assignment, but I'm not there. So now when you get stuck and when you are running into these problems, I have no idea, right? And it might be three quarters of my class running into that same problem and the two that are going to reach out to me do, but then I think two people are having the problem, not 30 people. So by being there in the moment when they're learning and seeing the process go, you can say, oh, wait, there's a problem. I didn't do a good enough job explaining this or my process isn't working for them. And, And so you can backtrack and redo something or give them another way to practice it. And I think that's really important because I don't think we saw a lot of that when we were students. Right. You know, I I go back to what Lindsay said at the very, very beginning at our very first podcast, Lindsay Ampey was saying, you know, I came in front of the classroom and I gave this lecture and I was like, any questions? Okay, thanks. Bye. (laughs) You know, like, don't don't ask ask me me any questions because I don't have... I think one of the things we've become more adept at, and I think we do this a ton at the two-year college, is we think about how many ways do I need to teach this? How many ways do I need to come at this? I mean, for some of my students, sometimes they're like, if you teach this another way, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> like, I don't want to know. I don't want to hear about it again. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, but what if you think about it this way? Or what if I give you this analogy? Or what if we try it this way? And if I do that, I'm reaching all these different Learning ways students and, learn yep. because we are, this is, I preach this all the time, right? Like you can't just teach your favorite learning style mm-hmm. because- Well, you're le- you love lecture. You said you'd sit for hours and I listen love to lecture. some lecture. I love, but I like good lecture. Yesterday I was at Vision 2040 in Wilmer and we had a social sociologist. He was a, he was a research sociologist studying rural America, like rural, small towns, because people believe they're dying and they're not, they're not, there's trends and all these things. And he's a storyteller though. He's a story gatherer. And I was spellbound for three hours, you know, and I could see other people like shifting in their chairs and And I was just like, let me take some more notes, you know, (laughs) but that's, that's my, I would, I mean, I love to tell stories. But my students don't want to hear all my stories. So I have to, we have to think about how do I connect it? I didn't do that very well for this student, right? You don't want to hear all my stories. No, either. no, I do. I love hearing your stories. I do. <laughs> Look at that, that smile. I, well, I'm a storyteller also. I know. The so problem is, is that like we started we, this podcast like a half an hour late because we've been telling stories and talking and, and technical difficulties. And we ask guests on, but sometimes I feel like the guests are like, they're just really talking to each other. And, right. Well, Emily, let me ask you this. Do you think that you're, you enjoying the process of teaching came from enjoying the process of chemistry? Because chemistry really is a process. Is there a correlation there between your or content and your- Or even process of learning. Like, did you like to, were you a learner? You know, when I, when I was in like, <laughs> I know what you mean though. Cause yeah, there's like those people who are just like, tell me more, right? I just want more information and I just want to learn everything. And when I was in high school, I was definitely the check the box kind of person. Like, oh, yeah. I'm going to do what I need to do to get the points so I can get the grade <gasps> and I'm moving on. Carrot right? and stick, carrot and stick. Yeah, I was that person, hundred percent. Got to college first, probably three years, same way. Like, give me the thing I need to do to give me the points and I'm moving forward. And finally, you know, when you get to that, you get older and wiser and you're like, oh, wait, 
if I would have paid more attention and actually learned something in this class, this class would be way easier, right? Mary has so much to say about. I'm not. I'm going to let you guys talk. Though. Yeah, okay. This is not my podcast okay. today. I know, right? But like after I got out of college and I started teaching, that was when I really feel like I learned more. Right? Oh, like when you're in that moment and you're like, it's all kind of blowing. And then things start making sense. You like make connections because you're trying to make it make sense to the students. And then all of a sudden it makes more sense to you. And you're like, oh, that's how that happens. Right. <laughs> we should not be telling people that this is the way it goes. Well, right. you, when so you start true. teaching Pulling something is when you really, I mean, we all, I, I hope we've all had that experience. But that is, right? in, in, right. in, and if we want to go back to small teaching, that's what James Lang says, right? The minute you have students start teaching each yeah. other, that's yeah. when they learn the that's most. That's when they learn the most. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So once I started in that, that process of seeing other people learn and then like making those connections myself, I think that was when I really kind of fell in love with the world of teaching and learning. Where before that, it was like, I love chemistry. I want to tell people about chemistry all day long. That's like all I thought was, yeah, I just get to tell people about science. Cool. That sounds like a great job, you know. But then I finally kind of jumped over that gap of like, it's not just about my content. It's about what they're learning and how they're learning and seeing those students process and, and those epiphany moments, those light bulb moments where you go, And those are the oh best when gosh. you see that happen in a oh, classroom. You're just like, oh. Yes. So my question is, how do we get more of that? Because what you just talked about was grades being the motivator for you. And grades yeah. are a motivator for so many students, for right or for wrong. I mean, right. you've, you've done well and, and you're intelligent and you're smart, but you just admitted that early on, on, it, was all about it was all about grades checking that box and moving on to the next task. But so, that's that is that is uh conditioned. It is a hundred percent. Yeah, you know, it's because of the way that we've learned for so many years, and because we were told you have to get good grades to do this, and you have to get good grades to do that, and so it was like, oh, well, to get a good grade, I do that thing, and now I get that point, and now I moved on. But I see it with my best students. I see, I see it with my straight A 4.0 students that the learning sometimes Doesn't takes connect. a back seat to getting the task done. Because you will completed. ask those students sometimes, well, remember when we talked about this and this assignment? And they're like, no. Yeah. Well, you did the assignment. Well, yeah, I did the assignment. I finished it. Yeah. And, and then it was done. That learning was complete. It was over. Packaged up right. and put away. Yep. You yeah. know, there was, there's no connectivity mm-hmm. if you, again, I'm on the table with my nails, <laughs> um, but there's, it's that idea of transference and connectivity, Yeah. right? How do I make what I'm doing now? And that's, I think, part of our challenge because a lot of us don't realize how much we have to remember to, to pull back, mm-hmm. refer and build. Right. Well, and it's, that's that whole formative assessment part too. It's like, as you're moving through the process, there's no points as right. I move through the process, right? Like I'm yeah, not right. giving you a point because you learned this one thing and I'm not giving you a point because you learned this one thing. But if I'm assessing you and I'm saying, do you understand this? Do you understand this? Then when we get to that final product and I am giving you the points, well, I already know you've learned this and you've learned this and you've learned this. So that final product becomes less of a, like I did it to get the points and more of a, I'm showing you what I've learned. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that, and that's where you have to kind of have that shift of like, it's, it's not about me just telling you things. You need to tell me that there needs to be that back and forth, that communication and lecture isn't just me talking for an hour and 15 minutes. Right. There's more to it and it has to be a back and forth. And that's where like those first three weeks I was like, just standing up there like, here we go. 
here's how you do things and blah, 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 blah. And then I'm going, this is not working. Like, this is never going to work. And how not fun was it? Oh, it was terrible. It was <laughs> were stressful. You like, were you like, I just got here and I hate it I now. I was so stressed <laughs> out because I was like, how am I going to tell him everything? How am I going to tell him everything? <gasps> oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. and I'm like, because I'm like, I have, and coming from high school. Did you school, come with pages of notes to start with, like, for each day? It was like, you're going to cover all 50 of these things in oh, one yeah. day? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, and, and so when you, when you left the high school, did you have notes like that every day? No, <laughs> no. You know, you like totally thing. regressed I back did. to like totally. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and I thought, well, because like at the high school, I would do where you know you maybe had a 10 minute little lecture, and then it was an activity to help build that knowledge. But right? you can't do that in college. No, God, how am I going to do that? You know, and I, <laughs> I said to my husband, "How am I going to do that?" What am I going to do? I can't do that anymore because I have, I only have two and a half hours of lecture and then I have this three hour lab and how am I supposed to incorporate these things when I have to tell them all these things? And then I finally realized like, oh, I don't need to tell them all those things because <laughs> they're going to do that here and I'm going to teach them that there and they're going to do this activity here. And it was less about changing what I was teaching and just rearranging it. Did you notice a difference in your students oh, after 100%. week three? Yes, absolutely. Like... <laughs> Those first few weeks, I, I was like, chemistry is so much fun, you guys. I love chemistry. You're going to love it, too. And like, you could just see that they were all kind of like, sure. <laughs> yeah, if you say so. And I'm like, it'll get better because we get to the really cool stuff. And they're all just kind of going, mm-hmm. And very, like, polite and very, you know, generous. And I was like, yeah, no, you guys, this is terrible. Like, we need to try something different. And then I started incorporating more of those activity-based things and some of the formative assessment. And then I could say, you get it, you don't. You know, And like I could have those conversations versus just saying, oh, looks like we're all good. Yep, moving on, you know. And so it, it's that whole, how, any questions? Who has questions? Questions? No? Are you sure? Okay. And But it was like, Nobody was asking a question, right. but when I did the assessment, when I looked at it, they should have been, you know, rather right. than having those conversations. This isn't right. Let's talk about why this isn't right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, your ability to self-reflect. I wish everybody had that ability to look back and say, what's what's wrong with the situation? Uh, reassess what I'm doing, how I'm doing it. Um, backstep, start over change strategies, ask somebody else for help. I think Interventions that's really needed. hard for us though. I think, I think that's really hard for us at this level of academia, right? Because we are the content experts. We are supposed to know it. And so when you have that moment of this isn't working, the first thing I don't do it anymore, but the first thing I used to do is, Oh my gosh, I'm a failure. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, I can't do this because I don't have. And when I was willing to go, Oh, I, we screwed that up. Mm -hmm. What can I do differently? How can we do this differently? When I was, the minute I started to go, okay, how do we, what else can I do? Or how else can I do this? Was the minute I stopped caring whether that, that sort of content expert, whether I was the really important person in the front of the room, because the, I'm not. The word that I use in almost every single podcast or when I'm having these conversations is you made yourself vulnerable. Yes. yes. And you you accepted that you aren't perfect and that everything isn't always 100% the way that you thought it was in your head. And now you're okay with that. Mm -hmm. And now let's let's ricochet off this and let's try this. And we're going to bounce some ideas. We're and gonna... I think it builds so much trust with your students, yes. right? When they see you. And, and, and it's really, really, really hard to be vulnerable, right? Mm -hmm. Because we we've been hurt. 
we've we've had our egos bruised we've had chips in the you know chinks in the armor or whatever you want to call it and we don't like that feeling of being vulnerable because we are in charge but when you start to become vulnerable and you take those risks in the classroom and students see you kind of stepping aside and being like oh sweating a little bit (laughs) then they're like i'm willing to sweat with you right well, and like it was kind of a th- that first day that I said, OK, so we're going to get on our computers and you're going to type in this code and then you're going to do these things. You could kind of feel that like. OK, like this kind of what's she doing? What's Wait, going what? on? This is not right? normal. This is not how we do things here. And <laughs> once we did it, though, then it was I, I asked students for feedback because I love feedback. I'm like, tell me things, you know, and I did surveys like like anonymous surveys. Oh, sure. Tell me how this is going. Tell me, tell me if you like this. And then they would say, Oh, this is great. We, I love this because it gives me a chance to try it out, see if I know what I'm doing, but it's in that very low risk environment. There's no points associated. It's not like you're going to, you know, bruise your grade because you didn't get something in that moment. But then they also don't have to be I don't get it. You know, who's going to do that in a 70 person lecture? Right. Nobody's going to do that. No one is going to say, I don't understand if there's all these peers looking at you. But when it's this anonymous thing up on the screen and I can say, hey, that one, here's a common problem. And I I saw this person make this common mistake. Oh, so you're displaying these in real time up on the screen. So here, is it Padlet that you're using? What are you using? Hello, Uh, teach us, help us. (laughs) The one that I love is called Pear Deck. Um, You've you've said this to us before. Yeah, I love Pear Deck. And- I'm working on getting it so I can use the full licensed thing. That's a whole process. I don't know what this is. Like, so in, how do you use it's it? It's an extension that can go on like Google Slides or on like the Microsoft PowerPoint online or whatever. And it makes your slideshow into an interactive slideshow. And so then you start the slideshow. The students join with a code. It's kind of like Kahoot. If you've ever played yep. Kahoot, you yep. know, there's like the code. Uh, but it's a slideshow. And so then each slide can have a question or an activity on it. And then you can say, okay, go look at slide one and do this question. And there's there can be type and answer. You can put in a number. The like premium version has where you can write on the slide. Oh, and so sure. I love that for like organic chemistry where we're drawing molecules. And so then as they're this working on it, mind. Yeah, I can is- like scroll through and like look at what their answers are. And I can say, oh, hey, this person. And then I can put it up on the screen anonymously. They don't know who. You can it. see you can see who did it. But when it if goes I up on the screen. Oh, but otherwise, yeah. but does but it doesn't even matter. matter. Right. I don't care, really. Yeah. I just care. You know, I look, I look at the whole group and I say, hey, how is this going for everyone? And then I can see, oh, eight people said this. That's a common misconception that I maybe need to go back and talk about. And I need to review this common misconception. And then I can go back and say, hey, I'm seeing this from a lot of people. Let's talk about why you thought this and why this was the answer you picked. I have to pick my jaw up off the floor. <laughs> well, this this goes to like my doing my group feedback, but mine's like pre-recorded and I want, and it's anonymous and I'm giving them feedback based on concepts and ideas. And sometimes it's individual feedback on a certain project or whatever, but you're doing the same thing anonymously as a group. You're seeing um, in class, in, as it's in, happening. in class, yeah. you're seeing, you know, systems that are working and things that aren't working as a whole, but also if somebody does something perfect, you might call out that one person right. and show that one like prime example of how yep. you did it. This is how it should be Th- working. This yeah. is, that's. Wonderful. I have a really good friend that uses Padlet. 
and she and she teaches English, right? And so one of the things she would run into, and she specifically teaches at a at a at a two year college in a in a more rural area of North Dakota. And she has a lot of like industrial, like techno, tech students, right? Mm-hmm. Who do not want to be in her class. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And so she uses Padlet in a way that she gets that anonymous feedback. So like they'll be talking about something and she'll be like, okay, what do you think? And she can see all these things coming through and she can be like, okay, because they're not going to ask questions. Right. Like yeah. that is not a thing they're that's going to happen engaged at all. And, right. Yeah. But if they're anonymous, then it takes that pressure off, exactly. right? Well, this is yeah. meeting the students where they are, right? We can't expect them to do certain things because we want them to do it. We just have to give up on that hope sometimes mm-hmm. and just be okay meeting them with the tools that, that is, they're using. That's or the a place paradigm that shift at. though. That's hard. Oh, that's really is. hard. Well, and I even, I think after, you know, these two years of now mostly remote <laughs> online learning, they've been anonymous. Like almost always, you know, they haven't had to be like the person in front of all the other people saying, I don't get this. I need help with this. You know, that takes a lot of- And truly anonymous in that lots of them have like, even when they're in a Zoom, have been a a black screen. A black screen, right. So to then ask them to, in the middle of a group of 70 people you don't know, say, I don't get it. They're not going to. And even to come into your office and ask you about it after class is hard and it's different and it's- like, and because as as much as we want to be like super kind and welcoming, they are terrified of scared. us. Yeah, they're so intimidated right? by the whole world. I can walk into class, trip, knock over my coffee, and drop the f bomb. That's never happened, <laughs> and they will still be terrified to come to my office. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they still are like, oh my gosh, it's a professor, and like they freak out about it. So by doing it this way, it's like everybody gets a chance to interact and participate, but nobody knows that you were the one who got it wrong. Unless you're that one student who's really confident in yep. themselves, right? And I have a couple of those. He'll be like, that was me. Yeah. I did that and help because I don't know what I'm doing. You know, and I those people, them. I'm like, thank you. Oh my gosh, I love you. <laughs> right. But it's not very common. You don't get no. that all the time. No. So by doing it anonymous, give me this information. Let me see what you're thinking. And, and like, show me what you're thinking. You know, tell me how you're getting to this point. Don't just give me answer A, B, C, D. Yep write out something, give an explanation, draw a picture. Well, that goes back to grading the process. And right. the, the end result is just the end result. It's not, right. and, it's not all and the differentiation, right? Yeah. They're not all going to come at it the same way. Right. And if you just ask them, well, what is it, A, B, C, D? Well, that doesn't tell you what they're thinking. That doesn't tell you what they're learning. It just tells you if they know how to get the right answer. But that doesn't give me that much recall. information. You know, yeah. if I'm trying to teach you whether you got A or not doesn't tell me really anything. I'm more interested in why you picked C. What yeah, right. what made you pick C? Because now I'm going to go back and try to teach you why it's not C so that we can make those connections and come back to an understanding. <laughs> you're, you're a great teacher. Oh, thank you. Yeah. We love having you. We love having you at the college. I'm so glad you're here. I love being here. I'm. It, it's been a look totally new world. She, yeah. I, I, it's genuine <laughs> I too because I whenever I see her, she's smiling and she's happy to be because here. She's like, look at him in my element. Yeah, yeah. I, it, it has been really. It, it's a whole new world. It's different, and and people will ask me. They'll say, you know, do you like doing what you're doing now? And I always say, you know, there's good and bad. I miss some of the world that I was in. I miss a lot of my students. I I miss the continuity that I had there where, yeah. you know, I'd have a student as a freshman and then I'd see them again as a junior. And then I could go watch them graduate as a senior and I could see their, you know, that whole world just kind of. It's more transient. Through. Yeah. Here it's here. like, you know, I have a student and I'm probably never going to see him again. And that's kind of hard because I, I want to see where they go and I want to know about their life and, you know. And just so you know, 
you will down the road. You will have them. Um, I just am going to give a quick example. Last night, I got a text from a former student. I had her my first year here, 17 years ago. She left, went and got her uh, master's degree. She's an OT, went out and got her po- her doctorate in OT. And I got a text last night that said, um, yeah, the professor of kinesiology, the new tenure track professor of kinesiology at the University of Minnesota Twin Cities is your former super shy, uber quiet 17-year-old student that I had my first semester teaching full-time. That's awesome. And and she allowed me, she asked me to um, edit her, her, not her dissertation, but her master's thesis. So I worked with her on that. And you will get those students, Absolutely. you know, they, they, they're not all going to be those students, <laughs> but you are going to make those connections with certain students. They're going to be there still. Mm-hmm. And, and you're going to get to see them at a different stage of life. Cause I think that this stage that they're in when they're with us is so mind blowing for them. Well, for many of our students, this is the last educational experience they will ever have. For many formal. of them. Yeah. Like high school, they know they're going to move on to something else. They're here. And a lot of them will not go on to get a bachelor's or a master's degree. So this is the end of the road. So you're the last impression that they have on their formal education. And I think that that's a good one for you. You leave it. And for those that want to, and for those that go on too, though, you know, that is such a chemistry can be so terrifying. I mean, I remember sitting outside my chem prof's office in my undergrad, like tearing, like all the time, like, just please help me, please. And he'd come around the corner and he'd be like, oh, not you again. <laughs> you know, because I was that student. That's me. And I don't know what I'm doing. I don't now, know what I'm doing now, right. <laughs> like, and I just remember like, all I wanted to do was get through it. Right. But he was so patient and willing to work with me. And that made a huge impression on me that someone who knew I was not going into anything in the scientific field was willing to have patience and work with me who was a literature major, <laughs> you know, and that makes a huge difference as well. You, He was willing to invest time in me that wasn't going to go down that road. It's really that human element. Oh, hmm, human. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Emily, I just want to say thank you so much for coming and talking to us. And what I really would like to do is give you like two years and then have you come back and see like, you know, how have things changed? Where are you at? Are you still in love with us, Ridgewater College? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no, because I still have more questions. I want to know more about chemistry and how it ties into real life for non-chem <gasps> majors. Yeah, how but do we got to save uh, some of it. We got to save some of that uh, yeah. for next I time. I can talk about that for three hours. So, Oh, good. Perfect. Well, we'll have you back. Yeah. Okay. okay. Sounds good. <laughs> thank you for coming. Yeah, thank you.